Welcome to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. So on this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we introduce to you guests who are influential leaders and leading artists who are truly making a difference from the heart with a capital A-R-T. Hi, everybody. Yes, I am Mary, and I'm here today without our dearest Joshua Vickery. Whenever he's not here, I let you know that he's out saving the world through the arts, something like that. Um, but yeah, he's out coordinating something that we'll all hear about next week, I'm sure. However, I am not here alone, and I'm very proud of today's show that we have for you represented here in our studio, Opera Orlando. Very excited. Yes, and the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel Pricer, who is the executive and artistic director, is here, as is Brent Ducent and Sean McLeod. Brent, did I say that correct? Ducent. It is Ducent. Yeah. Capital uh, the N is silent? Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Exactly. I never knew an N could be so silent. All right. Well, I'm so happy to have you three here. Welcome. Thank you. So Thank on this show, uh, we once had before Opera Orlando it introduced to us by... Boy, this is when you were first starting out, Gabe, right? Yeah, yeah. How, how I think it's our fourth interview with you guys now. I love that. But yeah. I always remember the first one because I remember um, how important it was for you to tell us why it was Opera Orlando and not Orlando Opera <laughs> because you said... Where opera comes first. Yes, I love yes, that. And yeah. it still is. It still is. It still is. And we're uh, happy to be moving into our fourth full season. Um bringing great opera productions and also education programs to the Central Florida area. Is it the way you envisioned it when we first met you four years ago? Well, it's been a roller coaster ride, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, we can dive into more of that later, but uh, overall, for sure, you know, there's uh, opera people are so passionate mm -hmm. uh, and opera singers are so passionate. So it's, uh, it's been an amazing experience just to see the community mm -hmm. get behind us, mm -hmm. to see them uh, get involved. And also to see that we can make an impact in the community. That's what we're excited to share with you all today, uh, how these productions are making an impact in our community. All right. Well, just to let our listeners in on how we're going to do today's show, you have two guests here who you'll introduce in a moment, uh, but they will only be able to be with us for the first segment. So right. I know we want to spend time with them, um, but let, I'm going to let you introduce them. And if you care to do it in the style of an opera, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's my challenge to oh, you. Yeah, challenge, <laughs> and, a challenge. And we'll give you each of the, uh, no, composers, I'm just kidding you. Um, <laughs> you know, as an improviser, we used to do that. Uh, oh, I, I, can s I know that you're wonderful at the improvisation. But yeah. we would uh, do something in the style of, and when they'd yell out opera, sometimes people would say specific operas. I'd go, great, thank you. <laughs> um, but it would be fun. It would be fun. So, yes, please, take your intros. All right, so in the style of Mozart, I will try our Brent to do set who actually grew up here in the Orlando area, went to Olympia High School. Ooh. And he will be performing in a Mozartian opera for us this year, Lovely. singing the crucial role of Don Basilio and Don Curzio. He's playing two roles. He's that good. Wow. He can <laughs> play two roles. I'm impressed. Um, in The Marriage of Figaro, November 1st through the 5th. And uh, Brent just finished his master's degree at the University of Michigan. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. So we're excited to have him back. want to hear about that. In Orlando. And he'll be in four of our productions this year. So he's in The Marriage of Figaro, All is Calm, uh, Girl of the Golden West, and Among the Night Visitors. He's wow. going to be a busy boy. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Right from masters into being <laughs> a master. <laughs> Good for you. And? 
Who else um, do we have today? In the style of a, a Wozzeck opera. Okay. Uh, we, we have uh, Sean McLeod here, who has been seen all over Central Florida. He's performed at Winter Park Playhouse. He's performed at the Garden Theater. Uh, you're currently at the Shakes in the Ensemble of Evita. This will be his Opera Orlando debut. Ah. And he's a very important part of our All Is Calm Ensemble. So let's talk a little bit about All Is Calm, if that's all right, because that's what do. the show that both of them are in. So it actually uh, premiered in Minneapolis mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, and it is about the Christmas truce of World War One, and it is set a cappella without orchestra. Really? And the creators used actual letters that were written by the soldiers and the actual songs that were sung by the soldiers to retell that fateful evening. So it was important for us to find... Good singing actors. Uh, and Gabe, some of our listeners might not be familiar with that part of the history or the story. So give a, a brief synopsis of what this is about. Sure. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, I- it's an amazing story. Christmas, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now out of my Votsek uh, mind frame. Um, Christmas of 1914, World War I had just started. Many of the soldiers were told that they'd only be in the trenches a couple weeks, maybe a couple months at most. And they would all be home in time for Christmas. So these poor French, German, Scottish, English soldiers are in the trenches, exhausted and and very disheartened that they're not back at home with their loved ones. Um, and all of a sudden, a Christmas carol, you know, Stille Nacht, Silent Night, is heard on one side of the trench. The other side starts singing it in their language. Um, and they met in no man's land and decided to have a truce mm-hmm. up and down. It wasn't just in one location. It was spontaneous, mm-hmm. different locations up and down uh, the Western Front. And even the next day, that was Christmas Eve, on, on Christmas Day, some of them even engaged in soccer games mm-hmm. or football, as they probably would have called it back then. Um, gifts were exchanged, mm-hmm. uh, photos, and there, there's pictures that were captured of this event. The really sad part about it, Marion, I'm not sure how familiar folks are with the, the end of the stories. All those soldiers were reprimanded. I did read that. And, and sent to other parts of the fronts. Most of the French were sent to Verdun, which was one of the bloodiest yes. uh, battles of World War One. Where they probably wouldn't uh, make it. A lot mm-hmm. of, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and some parts, from what I understand, some parts of France deny that the truce took place to this day because it was an embarrassment mm. um, for the lieutenants and the higher-ups. And that was what was so fascinating about World War I. You had this big disparity, uh, disconnect, between those that were running the war and those that are actually fighting the war. Well, isn't that the history of war? Yeah. yeah. So it's a timely piece till this day, and we, we're excited to bring this. will be the Florida premiere wow. to bring this piece to Orlando. Um, something about the production that, that we're very excited about is we're offering fr- a free performance for veterans. We've partnered with the VA in Lake Nona and in Baldwin Park. We're going to go there, sing some Christmas carols, hand out free tickets, and hopefully have those veterans come and see this performance. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I remember being uh, maybe 10 or 11, seeing this movie by myself at home. It was just on. And being in tears, being in awe. I was, it was a kid, um, but it was a beautiful film. So they made it into a music. How does it feel being in this opera? Well, I mean... Honestly, Tell the, us about your parts, too. Yeah, honestly, it's really exciting. Uh, so I'm playing Mike, uh, which is, it's interesting because a lot of our text is, I mean, it's set from letters and set from uh, things that soldiers had written home or, you know, conversed with each other. And it's really exciting because I'm playing a character, but it's almost like I'm playing a series of characters. What you're telling almost everyone's story. Exactly. 
And uh, in some of the uh, the dialogue, we're actually including uh, the the soldiers' names in the, or that was the composer's initial intent with the piece. So it's really interesting how like you can be playing one character and a million at the same time. Wow, wow! And your character? Uh, as part of the ensemble, I think one of the big things, and I talk about this all the time when it comes to ensemble pieces. Every show is an ensemble. Yes. And I think that in that um, in that aspect, there's so much to be said for someone who has a smaller part to someone who has a larger part where we're all storytellers. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, I know that for myself, finding the connection to that character and to what their story is mm -hmm. and given, giving honor to them, to their life, um, and telling that so that someone, that one person perhaps, it might be a singular person in that audience that might connect with that story that I'm telling. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not always going to be the story that's in the spotlight that comes through for an, an audience member. But each of you as the artists are embodying that whole body, person, soul of that person who was a part of that story. Right. Exactly. So it's it's a tapestry. Right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So it's always beautiful um, when I have the opportunity to take on, um, it's, it's an honor to be able to take that on. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do and being able to uh, connect because I feel like it, it's, it's transformative mm. and it's so essential to our community. I bet the rehearsal process has been, what I love when you do these difficult stories and how the conversations become very deep within the cast so that you get to understand all the facets of the dimensions of the story and the persons in it. I bet you all got pretty close, huh? Well, they, they will. We haven't started rehearsals just yet. Why did I think Mary? you already have? <laughs> yeah, so the they're show, talking like they have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they they auditioned together. It was important for us during the callback uh, process to hear the voices um, together. Brent was in Michigan, but the other guys all had callbacks together mm -hmm. because it is just ten men. It's an ensemble piece, just ten men, and they have to sing a cappella. You know, often plucking pitches out of midair. Um, and we're also presenting it in the round so the audience will be e immersed or feel like they're in the trenches with the soldiers, if you will. Um, so we really wanted to make sure we had some very strong singing actors that blended well together and had that camaraderie right off the bat. Um, and I'm sure they'll grow even closer once we get the rehearsals started in November. Uh, it is a holiday show, so mm -hmm. it, it actually goes up. Um, yeah, December yeah. 20th through the 22nd is when this show goes up. Oh, not many performances. So it's through the 22nd. Four, yeah, four performances, just over one weekend, uh, a Friday night on the 20th, and then a matinee and an evening, a double on Saturday, and then another matinee on Sunday. Wow. And once again, where will it be? At the Dr. Phillips Center, the Pew Theater. The and Pew tickets Theater. are on sale, Mary. So All there right. you go. And so going fast, going fast. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. Uh, the music, will there be an orchestra with you or... No, it's completely a cappella. You did say that already. Wow. No orchestra. Yeah, and different what, than. Tell me, tell us about the reasoning for that. Well, I think the creators thought it would be more impactful to really recreate what it would have been like on that fateful evening, and they're in the trenches. I mean, they did have bagpipes. <laughs> it's interesting if you go back and kind of read the stories and the letters. Um, soldiers mention having a harmonica, playing Christmas carols, or having a bagpipe, but they wouldn't have had an orchestra, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and there's something to be said about male a cappella singing. Mm -hmm. uh, the group that this piece was written for is um, uh, Contus out at the twin, out in the Twin Cities. It was originally premiered in theater La Di Da, and they had been singing together for 
for years. They're a professional ensemble, um, acapella male ensemble. And there's just something satisfying about hearing those male voices acapella. And the, the piece has gotten great acclaim. Um, uh, the New York Times did a great write-up for it when it toured off of Broadway just this last year. Wow. It toured off Broadway. Yep. Wow. Uh, did you have a chance to see it? I, I did not see it. I was in Minneapolis when it was running um, mm-hmm. out there, though. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And is that when you were inspired to one day want to put it up? Definitely. Yeah. I, well, this story is such a special story, finding that humanity amidst brutality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been eager to present it in some way. So there's there's this version of this, this operatic version of the story, but there's also another operatic version called Silent Night, um, which I was involved in, uh, in the world premiere of that. And we'd love to do that one down the road as well. So this was kind of our, our segue. first step, our segue <laughs> mm-hmm. into doing the larger, um, that's with full orchestra, turntable set, very much like Les Mis. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Brent and Sean, we're almost done with the segment where we get to talk with both of you. Each of you tell our audience and our listeners, our audience, listening audience, why they should come and why you hope they'll come. Uh, I would say that, one, it's a holiday show, and I think that, especially during the holiday season, it's so important for us to be able to empathize with others um, in a season of giving, and um, also it's a, se- a season of receiving. So this is our way of giving for others to receive so that they hopefully can take that and share more um, of themselves, of their heart with others during the holiday season. So I think it'll be a great evening for them to uh, to come and take part of. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And it's also just such an important story because, I mean, everyone hears about World War I and the carnage and how horrible it was. But these during these, this Christmas truce, like these men are playing games, having fun, enjoying each other's company, even like commiserating about the same things. Like everyone shares this common front mm. on a divided front. They share a common front on a divided front. Well put. Well, thank you so much for coming here and representing the show. I will go see that. It was one of my favorite little discoveries when I saw that on on television. So I will bring my husband and we'll go. Thank you so much for being here. Well, listeners, this brings us to the end of this first segment on From the Heart. But we will be back with Gabe because he has lots to tell us about Opera Orlando and what's coming up. And we will see you two at the theater. Thanks so much for being here. We'll be back on From the Heart. Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and today we're here talking with Opera Orlando. And at the end of the first segment, we didn't get to hear a little bit of the music that we might hear. So before we continue, this is for you, listeners. Silent night, holy night, all is All is bright round the unvirgin mother and child. Holy infant soul, tender and mild. 
so very very much i will see you at that production see you there <laughs> gabe i'm still here mary I wasn't know. that beautiful a part of me is still <laughs> carried away I, I just think that is absolutely beautiful well so what else is going on with opera orlando that our listeners want to hear T- too much, too much, but I'll try and cover it all in the time that we have. So All is Calm is part of our main stage series at mm-hmm. Dr. Phillips Center. In addition to All is Calm, we're also doing The Marriage of Figaro, which I mentioned, and The Daughter of the Regiment, which is a comedy by Donizetti. And I hear that <laughs> someone very familiar might be making a cameo appearance. Uh, this is what I am told. Mary Thompson Hunt herself <laughs> will be on stage. How fun is that? That's, that's in March, so okay. listeners have to come to that you will well i'll be telling you all about it after the first rehearsal i'll come in you're not going to believe i have to do a cartwheel and then i have to know <laughs> how, how did you already know that oh, yeah, no. yeah. so th- that's our main stage series but in addition to that we also have an on the town mm-hmm. series at different venues we actually just finished a production of six of eight uh which we presented at the fringe festival last may mm-hmm. and it won critics choice for best musical wow we did an encore performance because people loved it so much and a lot of people didn't see it at the fringe so we did an encore performance at casa felice last weekend i so wanted to go to that you would have loved it and i even had tickets to something you did at casa last year that i wanted and i had Uh, to work barbara seville i know the the prequel to marriage yeah i know we'll get you to casa felice i'll get there you know we try and find these other venues that Mm -hmm. we can do um opera productions at just to have a, a unique experience for our audience and also make opera more relevant yes to, to different audiences. So we just did Six of Eight at Casa Felice. Coming up, we have a touring production of Amal and the Night Visitors that will have free performances for kids. That's at the Claremont, Claremont Performing Arts Center, uh, St. John's Lutheran Church in Orlando Winter Park, and um, Atlantic Center for the Arts in New Smyrna Beach. So for those of our listeners who are driving right now and couldn't write that down, can they go to your website and find this out? They sure can. It's all on our website. That's a great question, operaorlando.org where opera comes first. I like that. You and know then, I like that. And then we have, we actually have three other productions still mm-hmm. that we're doing as part of our On the Town series. Um, one is a Puccini opera that people might not be familiar with about cowboy, opera singing cowboys. Yeah, I have not heard this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Puccini obviously wrote La Boheme, Turandot, Tosca, mm-hmm. very well-known opera composer. Also wrote The Girl of the Golden West, and it's set in the great American West. Uh, about Minnie, who owns a saloon. So we thought, well, what better place to do it than at Cheyenne Saloon? Oh, that's so perfect. Right downtown off yeah. Church Street. So that's February 7th and 9th. Tickets are going very fast for that. It's a very special night with food. Um, we're actually looking at dancing at the end of the night. Wow. Phantasmagoria is going to partner with will. us again yeah. and do a little burlesque dance routine at the beginning. You know, I can't give away all my secrets. Okay. but February 7th and 8th, but there'll be surprises, obviously, when Lots people of go. surprises. Costume competition, if you come in costume, Wild West style. Wild so. West style. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then to, uh, to round out our On the Town series, we always do a youth company production. We have a very strong youth company at Opera Land we're very proud of. Um, about 30 kids who audition every year. Uh, this year, they're doing a piece called The Very Last Green Thing. And it's set in the future. These kids go on a field trip. They find a time capsule, and it has a plant in it. And they're all like, 
what's this? You know, and they're, they're scrolling on their Google devices, their iPhones, <laughs> because it's an apocalyptic world. And I guess all the greenery has been done away with. So it's a piece that kind of um, encourages kids to think about environmentalism, yeah. uh, conservationism. And we're partnering with Lou Gardens wow. on that, uh, doing a special Earth Day event oh, with them perfect. and the kiddos. And then the performances will actually be outdoors, you know, <laughs> hopefully we won't regret that, at the Lake Yola Amphitheater. Oh, wonderful. Downtown. So yeah. will that be rain or shine? Mm, if it rains, we'll move into our new, we have a new home Tell for us. Operlando, All right, which is right next that. to the band shell there at Lake Yola. We're at um, Broadway United Methodist Church wow. at Broadway and Amelia. So if it rains, we'll just move it to have the, a plan. the church sanctuary there Great. where our offices are. Yeah. But we know it will not rain. Ne- it the hasn't opera rained gods on us are yet. with you. Yeah, it didn't rain all last weekend for Casa Feliz, and that was partially outdoors. Wow. So we got very lucky. How did you get started with Casa Feliz? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. So I, I went to a wedding there um gosh five and years tell ago our, our five listeners years ago what so. we're referring to in case they are yeah not casa Feliz is a historic um spanish home that was built by uh rogers same guy that built the rogers building downtown and he built it for an affluent family in winter park i believe it was built in the 30s wow. i want to say and it was originally the barber family b-a-r-b-o-u-r built for them um, and about 10 years ago, it had to be moved. They had to relocate it, and the city got behind it because it is a historic building, very beautiful. And it's become a wedding venue primarily yeah. or special events venue. And I was at a wedding there five years ago, and it has this beautiful balcony on the front. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be perfect for Barber of Seville, yeah. which is set in Seville, you know, Spain. Sure. has that wonderful balcony scene at the beginning. And then you could move inside the house for Act 2 and then have the escape on the backside of the house where there's a courtyard so you definitely have the artist's so mind that there you are at a wedding and going, this would be the great <laughs> place for a show. <laughs> right, right. I love that. But it, and it happened. It came into fruition. It came to fruition. It sold out. We did six performances. Great review by Matt Palm and the Sentinel. But, you know, the whole the whole site specific thing in the opera industry yeah. has become very popular. Why is that? Um, I think people want a different experience mm. with uh, with what opera is. And opera can be anything, mm-hmm. you know. But that immersive, you're right next to this booming voice, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the food and wine help, too. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And then our final production on the town is actually a premiere workshop, a new piece called Death of Ivan Illich, based on the Tolstoy novel. And we've put our hat in the ring for the Fringe Festival again. We're uh-huh. in the lottery. So we're hoping that if we win that lottery, we would, we would present that at the Fringe. Nice. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And if not, you'll find a way to present it. Of, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do, do it, it at our, our, our new home. Of course. Which we're calling Opera Orlando on Broadway. Are you way. really? So we're on Broadway Avenue. <laughs> I love that. Opera Orlando on Broadway. So it's the truth. Yeah, it's literal. You've made it's it. It's literal. Exactly. <laughs> and in addition to our productions, we also have a great education program. Obviously, I mentioned our youth company. But we also have a studio artist program. Um, and one of the singers we just heard singing, Brent Doucette, mm-hmm. is one of our studio artists. Um, so he goes into the schools, uh, does preview presentations. Then we invite those kids to our open rehearsals. And then the studio artists go back and work with the kids on their songs wow. in a master class format. So they get to practice solo and ensemble, audition pieces. and So Brent just finishes his master's. Now he's back in school again. Now I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Being the master. Yeah. How is that for you? Uh, it's exciting. It's, it's kind of surreal because specifically Orlando, specifically in the Orlando area, I've, I grew up here. I, I, I had friends at all these schools. It's, it's so cool to come back and give back to the community that I was a part of wow. six, seven years ago. 
when did you start um, knowing that singing was it for you? How young were you? I was a sophomore in high school. Really? Yeah. I was actually in a, in a rock band. I thought, you know, that was my thing. I wanted to go to school for, for guitar. And then I joined chorus in high school just to, you know, hang out with some friends. And, I mean, I fell in love with it. Started taking voice lessons. I thought to myself, yeah, maybe, maybe I, could, I could do something like this. I, but I didn't think it was opera until I came to school, started majoring in music, and fell in love with it. Yeah, what, what called to you with opera? I don't think there's a better way to tell a story because, I mean, there's plays and musicals and there's a million different ways uh, to express yourself through art. But the visceral nature of opera, like raw emotion through singing, I don't think can be captured in any other art form. Mm. So Even that, rock? No, <laughs> even rock. Yeah, it's just that unamplified vocal power, sound, beauty, mm. I don't think can be captured any other way. What voice are you? I'm a tenor. Tenor. Yeah. Uh, were you ever, did you ever play around with baritone or we, did you? I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. I started as a baritone in choir and then I thought to myself, wow, I can't really hit these low notes. Maybe, <laughs> oh, okay. maybe something's wrong here. But you were hitting some of the high ones on yeah, the other exactly. end, Yeah, huh? exactly. Nice. Exactly. I'd be a tenor and proud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tenors never... get paid more, so. Do know. they really? Yeah, in general. In general. Le leading role tenors, like the lyric tenors, Got especially it. dramatic tenors. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Are you a leading role? I don't know about all that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the paycheck says. Exactly. <laughs> Brent's just a... A youngin, he's just getting started, but we're excited to have him, and we have a great crop of studio artists this year. So, what I never, I don't know if I ever asked this. Is what voice are you? I'm all the voices, Mary. Oh. No, no, I'm a baritone. Baritone. A baritone. Yeah, I call myself a utility baritone. You know, like a utility baseball player. I'll play any position you want. Got it. Because <laughs> you can. Because right. you can. My goodness. So, for anyone listening, what would be the benefits of them maybe putting their child in? an opera class? Oh, that's a great question. I'm, I'm happy you asked about that because we do have our youth company, um, which, like I said, is auditioned and it's, you know, somewhat competitive. We always try and get everyone in there that has an interest, but we're also offering online classes now. Um, so if people aren't able to drive to us or if they're more of a rural area, as long as you have an internet connection. So one-on-one, on one, like a private lesson with an opportunity? It's actually a classroom setting. There's this technology uh, with our partner, the Interactive Academy, that you go into a classroom setting. You see the other kids in your class. Um, you can interact with the teacher in real time, like Skype, basically. Um, but then you also have the music up there on your dashboard. <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe without visualizing on a computer. Um, but yeah, very much in a digital classroom, wow. I guess, is the way to so describe it. So will you all sing together and you'll hear the other tenors with you or the other sopranos? We, we could set it up that way. Primarily, you're just hearing the singer, uh, the teacher, give you instruction. And the teacher will say, well, let's hear Bobby uh, demonstrate okay. for us. And then okay. Bobby will sing for the class. But they could all sing at the same time as well. That's fascinating. Yeah, we just launched it. It's a new initiative. Um, it, it's kind of... Um, unique. I, I, I don't think there's any other uh, company that's that's doing that. I know there are online singing lessons, mm -hmm. um, but to have it in the classroom setting, I think is kind of unique. Wow. Do you teach any of those classes? I don't. That would be fun. Though. <laughs> that's a different a division. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we don't have too much time left. Um, from your experience, if there was someone, let's say in high school right now that thinks they might want to do something that you've done, what advice would you have for them? You know, opera 
as a in high school, opera isn't exactly presented in the way it should be, in my opinion. I feel well, how like, should it be? I feel like opera seems like this stilted art form that is unattainable, and and people don't go to the opera, people don't listen to that. But just expose yourself to this type of music. Just go to a library or go on your go to YouTube and just start you know start listening to. I don't know, just all these amazing singers because I didn't think I'd fall in love with opera until I started listening to music and started listening to things that are not on the radio or things that my friends didn't necessarily listen to. So, do you have student prices for students? If, we if do in high student school? rush tickets. Yeah, only fifteen dollars. Um, right. It's a little tricky at the Pew Theater, our main venue, because yeah. it's a small venue. Um, and but it costs a lot for you to be there. Yeah, especially the Tuesday, the Tuesday night performance. Uh -huh. We almost always have student tickets still available for That's that. Great. But then we also do the free performances of our touring production, Among the Night Visitors, which Brent is singing uh, oh. King Caspar. Ah. Uh, the important, this is my box. This, this is, is my, my box. box. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we definitely try and um, have opportunities for youth to be introduced to the art form. I love that. And you said you do go out to the schools. Well, we have less than a minute left. But before we go, maybe I'll ask you to think about what you can sing as our outro because you won't be joining us in our last segment. Well, what a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you uh, so much. I'll make sure I come and I'll cheer you on. Well, I might even walk past you on my walk-on. Uh, <laughs> That's give right. Give me a wink. <laughs> the daughter of the regiment. Exactly. <laughs> as long as I don't trip. Um, no, I'm just eating. Uh, terrific. Well, a pleasure chatting with you today and a pleasure chatting with you. But we're going to head out of this segment. So at this point, I'll let you just sing our way out. She loves me, and to my amazement, I love it, knowing that she loves me. She loves me, true, she doesn't show it. How could she, when she doesn't know it? Yesterday she loathed me, but now today I love her, ha! And tomorrow, tomorrow, ah! Wow. You'll have to go see Opera Orlando to know what tomorrow will bring. We'll be right back on From the Heart. Thank you so much for being here, Opera Orlando. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Stay tuned to Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. And today has been such a wonderful conversation about Opera Orlando and what's going on there. We have Gabe Pricer here who's just telling us everything that's happening. What's I'm a talker. Next? Well, what's coming up right away is our production of The Marriage of Figaro mm. by Mozart. That opens on November 1st. And, it, you know, for those out there that aren't so sure about opera or they're not they're not sure if they would like it or you know I hear it's in a foreign language Gabe I don't, I don't know about that we do a series of lead-up events that I think are really helpful for people to just learn more about the art form and and get a sense of hey you know maybe maybe I would enjoy this and check it out the first one is an opera insights luncheon that we're doing at the women's club in Winter Park you get to meet the director the conductor here's some excerpts from the opera meet some of our stars that mm -hmm. we're bringing in um, and just get more uh, context on on what the production is and, and on our concept uh, for the production. So this kind of happened fortuitously. You know, they're releasing the movie Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. Did you know about that? I did hear. And <laughs> before we even knew that we had the thought of doing a Downton Abbey version of The Marriage of Figaro, oh, wow. 
uh, setting it in 1915-ish, or 1913, I guess, right before World War I. Um, because the marriage figure story is all about upstairs, downstairs, mm-hmm. you know, aristocracy, upper class, lower class. And it's kind of like, how can we update that piece where it still feels relevant? Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt like that time period uh, worked very well for that. Um, obviously, playing off of the whole Downton Abbey popularity, <laughs> it comes in handy as well. Uh, so the director will kind of talk about his vision for the production and especially specifically with the Downton Abbey. So that's our Opera Insights Luncheon. Um, and for more information for people that might want to get tickets in advance, where do they go? OperaOrlando.org and just click on more of the main stage. More of the main stage. More of the, this is our more of the main stage events. Okay. Yeah. And then we also do a Meet the Stars concert where you can meet uh, Brittany Renee Robinson, who's currently singing uh, at the Metropolitan Opera. She's in the Porgy and Bess ensemble up there of their production. She's coming down to sing our Countess in Marriage wow. of Figaro. So come hear her. You can hear Maria Letizia, who's coming over from Puerto Rico, who is our soprano, uh, Susanna. She's singing Susanna, Marriage of Figaro. So that event, uh, it's only $30, wow. um, and that is going to be at our new so you're home. you're bringing in these world-class opera singers. How do you, how do you approach them? How do you get them? That's uh, wonderful. <laughs> well, um, a lot of times it's word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's people that I've sung with. I've been fortunate to, to meet in my mm-hmm. travels as a performer. Um, and then there's so many managers out there nowadays who are uh, saying, hey, Gabe, you need to hear this singer or this singer ah. here. So there, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent. Um, and we definitely try and bring uh, a new talent, but also sometimes familiar faces. Maria has sung with us before, and she's an audience favorite. So oh. we're excited to bring her back. That's wonderful. So the Meet the Stars concert, that's another good one to go to just to get to know the artists mm-hmm. and get to know their wonderful voices. Um, and then we also do a behind-the-curtain open rehearsal. So you can get to see the behind-the-scenes process and, again, get a sense of, hey, is this something I would be interested in? That's also only $30. Um, all these events include food and wine. We have to have our food Wait and wine minute, $30, at the opera. $30, you get to watch behind-the-scenes curtain experience and for 30, that's nothing. I know, I know. Um, and that's all leading up to our, our opening night of the Marriage of Figaro. Wow, so. and all of this is on your website. Yes, ma'am. I hope to see all of you there, and Mary. I will be there, <laughs> operaorlando.org. Operaorlando.org, exactly. Yes, I will. that sounds wonderful. I love that you're making it um, accessible, but also you're educating, you're bringing people in who can feel a part of it, and they'll bring more people in too. Exactly. You know, opera has a 400-year legacy, and Mozart wrote this piece um, late 1700s, and it was revolutionary mm-hmm. at the time. And I, I think it still speaks to us today, though, you know, this, this uh, abuse of power mm-hmm. uh, that the Count was exerting over Figaro. You know, the Count wanted to use the right of the Seigneur, the right of the Lord, mm-hmm. to sleep with Figaro's fiancée, Susanna. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and unfortunately, we still have abuse of power nowadays, and uh, it, it's still timely, these, these yeah. operas. So people might say, well, that's a stilted art form, or it's a museum piece. But no, it's still relevant today. Yeah. And then, of course, Mozart's glorious music mm-hmm. um, and these fabulous voices that we bring in from all over. What, what's a fun fact about Mozart that you will share with everyone? I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have seen Amadeus, and we know mm. little things, but I'm, I'm, I would imagine that doing some of the works, you'll learn, well, Mozart wrote this because, I'm like, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> right, right. Wow, I'm trying to think specifically with um, The Marriage of Figure. I know a lot of fun facts about Magic Flute, which oh. was based on a lot of Mason uh, rituals, Ooh, uh, which also that. written by Mozart. Yeah, he was a Mason. Um, Marriage of Figaro, you know, I, I think it's, uh, people associate that with the movie, mm-hmm. uh, the play, Amadeus. Um, and I, 
I'd have to go back and fact check this because in the movie it makes it seem like the the opera was banned, but that's actually not true. It was the play hmm. that was banned by Beaumarchais, and Beaumar so Beaumarchais wrote a trilogy, the Figaro trilogy, uh, the Barber Seville mm-hmm. being the first part of the trilogy, Marriage of Figaro, and then Guilty Mother is the third part of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Guilty Mother, um, there are some operatic iterations of it, not not as well known mm-hmm. as Marriage of Figaro and Barber Seville, obviously. Um, but it was Beaumarchais' trilogy of plays that sparked the French Revolution, and and they were banned at the time because they were so, um, you know, against aristocracy. Yeah, it was uh, political. Yeah, against Marie Antoinette yeah. and Louis XIV at the time. So. There's always been that between the artists and the leaders of po- the political leaders. Art can make a difference. I think that's what's so fascinating, yeah. and and it still can today. It you touches know? people's hearts. And exactly. it gives them courage and they speak up and they speak through their art. Yeah, and it's kind of like what we talked about on our first interview, that the, the art form of opera can provide a platform uh, for otherwise uncomfortable conversations yes. or unheard conversations. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes for the first time bringing it up. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds so pretty. Whoa, what they're saying is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost people. We've lost them completely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, all right, so we're going to go to operaorlando.org. We're going to find out about your season. There you go. We're going to get our tickets. And they are going fast. Sunday only has about 10 seats left, wow. the Sunday performance of Marriage Figaro. Okay. So, yeah. Mm. Do you get, um, when people write in requests, do you have certain requests that come in over and over again? Requests. For what production they would want you to. Oh, yeah. You know, what music it's, they want to hear. You know, it's like we talked about earlier. These opera fans are are traditionally very passionate, mm-hmm. right? And they, they all have their favorites. Um, I know some of our surveys uh, will get the same person that's always asking for the love of three oranges. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no one knows that piece. I or, was going to say, or, I feel so ignorant. Boris really Gudinoff by Mazorsky, you know, like, let's do this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no one knows that piece here. Um, well, it is Florida and it is oranges. Yeah, mm. well, there we go. I hadn't thought about that. Um, but yeah, people get very passionate in the opera opera. That's what's so fun about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's partly because the music is so visceral, like mm-hmm. like Brent mentioned when he was here with us, um, to hear unamplified voices, full orchestra, playing this lush, rich, emotional uh, emotional music. Mm-hmm. In, in your personal travels down the road of music and opera, <laughs> your career, what is something that you one day want to do? What would be uh, a big check off your list to have accomplished? Oh, gosh. Um, well, having an interview with Mary Thompson Hunt was definitely one of them. Was definitely one of them. Gosh, in, in terms of singing in an opera or producing an opera? Um, either one or both. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite operas is Falstaff. And I, I've seen it many times. I have not been in a production yet, nor have we produced it hmm. here. Um, it, it's based on the Merry Wives of Windsor um, comedy. It was the last opera that uh, Verdi wow. wrote, very famous composer. And, and some say uh, Otello and Falstaff were his last two, that he kind of started to go in more of a through-composed direction, whereas before that his operas were more number operas. You know, they oh, sing the aria, interesting. Yes, applause, yes. then we have a duet, applause, uh-huh. right? That was the kind of the traditional but the format through line that started. of the story meaning yeah mm-hmm. almost almost what leads us into the the romantic era oh. of, of music um that verity was was starting to move in that direction verity mm-hmm. obviously was was very romantic um 
and, and would later influence Wagner, who's very through composed, right? Mm. Um, so Falstaff, I think, is very smartly written. Uh, it's hilarious, char- hilarious characters. Um, so it would just be fun to, to put that on. I yeah. hope you do. Yeah. I hope you do. And yeah. for anyone listening out there, uh, what can they do to help you, like, put on Falstaff? Or what can they help <laughs> Opera Orlando? What do you need? Oh, well, that's a great question, Mary. Thank you, thank you for asking that. Um, you know, I think a big thing with opera and entertainment um, People might not realize we're a nonprofit. We we are a charity. At the end of the day, um, our mission is to provide entertainment that hopefully enhances the well-being of the Orlando community, and also education programs that enhance the well-being and in the schools, retirement communities. Um, so any donation to Opera Orlando is completely tax deductible, and mm-hmm. uh, those those are always helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, they they feed into our annual campaign. Uh, they allow us to. Uh, have bigger, better productions, have more infrastructure, have more Get staff. Guest stars in. To bring our guest artists these. in. Yeah, we even have an artist sponsorship program if you want to sponsor wow. one of these artists that really? we bring in. Uh, all our donors also house the artists, and sure. that's a fun opportunity. So maybe it's not a monetary contribution. Maybe you're able to offer your home to mm-hmm. have one of or these artists stay with perhaps you. perhaps for them to commute from their home. Travel, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a volunteer program. At Opera Orlando, people can volunteer to be ushers, to work at the office, to paint the sets, <laughs> work in our shop. the more volunteers you have, the more people from different walks of life are being a part of it and spreading the word of Opera Orlando. Exactly. And you're a big part of our arts community because we, we celebrate the arts here in everything in, in Orlando. And I'm so proud that you want to be here and you are here, but we need help. Right, exactly. Yeah, we all need it a takes bit a, of help. It takes a village. Mm-hmm. It takes a village. And, you know, we're, we're moving into a larger venue, hoping to. Uh, at Steinmetz Hall, and so it's even more important that we we have that support from the community. What is the proposed timing for that? Yeah, great question. So it's supposed to open in um, the fall of 2020 in September, and our first production would be in October. Wow, it's around the corner. Yeah, it is. It is. So we'll have a big gala uh, in May at Alfondin, and the money raised from that gala will help us uh, make that transition into Steinmetz Hall. So for our listeners that are in a position to go to that gala and would like to, they can once again go to your website. Yeah, tickets are on on sale. Everything's on the website. If you can't find it, just give us a call, 407-512-1900. One more time. 407-512-1900. And the way you said that really helped. That's good, the 1900. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, we're getting that. We only have a little bit of time left. Oh, shoot. Uh, what's your final word? My final word is thank you. Thank mm. you to Mary and this wonderful program for always having us on. And thank you to the community for yeah. really getting behind us this past four years. You know, we've grown from a $200,000 annual budget to over a million dollars oh, in just four years. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that shows how much support you have because of how good you are. If you've not got, gone to Opera Orlando, please do go to the website. You'll find that there's whatever range you can spend. Even if you can't, you can volunteer and then still go, go see them. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to join the choir. Join the choir. Maybe, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we do have those free performances for kids and for veterans. So there's, there's always opportunities. Um, yeah, we oh. want we want everyone to feel part. Well, then we shall be, and I will be, like literally. <laughs> <Thank laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> you will be. You'll be on stage with us. I'll let you know how that comes out, uh, or when that's coming out, everyone, so that you can come there and have fun with us. Thank you so much for being here with us, Gabe. Thank, Thank you, you Mary. so much for Opera Orlando and bringing opera to Orlando and into my life too. Listeners, we'll be back next week. Joshua Vickery will be back with us. Thank you all for listening. I am Mary Thompson Hunt. We'll see you next time, or you'll hear us next time on From the Heart, Magic 107.7 FM.